Welcome to a special bonus episode of Ungeniused. Now, usually on this show, Mike and I do a bunch of reading about a topic that we actually don't know much about because we're learning right along with you. But for this special bonus episode, I wanted to talk to somebody who is actually an expert in something. And as strange as it is, our friend Jeremy Burge is a world-renowned emoji expert. Yes, dear friends, that is a thing. He's the head honcho of Red Emojipedia, a vice chair of the Unicode Emoji Subcommittee, and the host of the Excellent Emoji Rap podcast. Jeremy, welcome to the show. That is it. That is me. They are all my things. We've got to, we just have to clear the decks on this one. Uh, let's talk about you for a second. How did you end up traveling the world to talk about small images we use on our phones? What were you doing before this? How did you end up being the Emoji King? Uh, before do it, before running Emojipedia, I used to have a pretty normal job advising mostly universities on web apps, uh, mobile web at the time. This is sort of good five to ten years ago now. And to be honest, they didn't listen to me that much. So I, <laughs> I thought uh, Emojipedia was sort of a fun side project to do something. You know, when you get the itch to, to do your own thing where you think, well, these guys, what are they doing? Let's just do my own thing. So I started this as a little side thing and it turned into my life hey i can appreciate that as the owner of a podcast company like yeah you know how it works yeah so tell me a little bit about emojipedia what uh what is the goal there and and how do people use it so the goal of emojipedia is to document every emoji that exists both what it's meant to be used for sort of what the original meaning for it existing is but also how people use it in practice and as a third tier then what it looks like on different phones, because unlike a, a dictionary where you list words, it doesn't matter which font you have a word in, it means the same thing, right? That if I, right. other than it looks a bit dorky if you use Comic Sans, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really structurally change what the word means. Whereas with emoji, because they look different on different phones, we need to catalog how they look to make sure that people aren't referencing one version, the Apple version, when someone else is talking about the Microsoft version. So it aims to be the canonical source of every emoji and what they mean. Right. Like I know one that uh, I struggle with because I never really know how to use it. I believe the name is, uh, I'm trying to look it up, uh, Grimacing Face. So it's uh, it's a, a face and his uh, their mouth is open and you can see their teeth. And some people, like I view it as like awkward or like, you know, but I, I feel like I have people in my life who use it sort of as a smiley face. I'm looking through the page now. And if you're on an LG phone or if you're on Messenger, he's got it's got a little frown to it. But if you look at some others, it doesn't. I think it leads to confusion, right? Right. And that one in particular, if you look back through the history, the old Android version of that, you can you can look online on Emojipedia. If you click on any image, you can look down at the history of them. And there was one on Android a couple of years ago, and it looked mad as hell. So you'd send this one going, oh, like, oops, eek, I, I didn't mean to, to be five minutes late. And the person at the other end gets this ferocious looking thing with <laughs> eyebrows that are turned in and a really upside down mouth. So that's problematic. And that's, I guess, why we try and have a reference that people can clear it up at least rather than sending screenshots back and forth you could send a, an image through and say okay i get it i see what happened here or yeah. social media managers use it a lot to check before they send out you know their tweets to millions and millions of people they check first right. am i using a problematic emoji should i try and use one that looks more similar on all the on all the phones yeah there's even a warning on this page appearance differs greatly cross-platform use with caution which is a hilarious phrase to me when it comes to emoji but i think you're right people if that's misinterpreted, you're sending something to, you know, a loved one or a coworker or your boss or something, 
you want to be as clear as possible, right? Yeah, you don't, it's, it's like if you accidentally send something in all caps, it changes what you mean, right? You need to make sure. And yeah, maybe if it's just you and a friend, it doesn't really matter which, if there's a slight misunderstanding. But you're right, if it's a boss or teenagers in particular, they get very angsty because you get sort of a crush where any minor difference in what they say, they'll analyze it for hours. So we get a big teen market as well of people really wanting to make sure that does she really like me, or did she just send the wrong emoji? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're well past the days of, uh, you know, uh, circle yes or no on the bottom of my note. <laughs> that's, all, <laughs> that's all gone now. Yeah, we're, we're into high-stakes emoji analysis, and we get, um, I mean, the inbox, it's not a, a feature of the site, it's not, you're not meant to write in and ask questions, but the inbox for Emojipedia is just full of people saying, yeah, like, I got, I got the one with the hearts as eyes, does that does she does she love wow. me or does he does he love me or were they just was that a friendly gesture and you know some some questions can't be answered it's in the context. So, so really you could pivot this into sort of a modern day uh, like one of those you know ask columns you used to see in the newspaper right of like you know my husband is doing this does this mean <laughs> this you know you, you could you could do that I think I think you're really you could help people if I get sick of this I could be a relationship advice columnist is what you're saying exactly. Exactly. So I know that emoji started in Japan in the late 90s. What were those early days like? I mean, I assume that sort of what became emoji now is not where it was at the beginning. Right. So the early days, emoji in Japan, it was like like MSN Messenger or AOL Messenger where everyone had their own set, right? I guess in the US... Uh, AIM was very popular and it had Absolutely. 30, 30 or so emoticons. And, but if you're on a different platform like MSN Messenger, it would have different ones. And Japan was the same, where one carrier would have their own branded set of phones and they'd have one set. And a different carrier would have a different set. And unlike the emoticons, they start to talk to each other. And we had, we had this big mess where I'd send you a smiley face and you'd get a frowny face. So the, the code points didn't line up because there was, there was no oversight. It was just this ad hoc system that, that they thought it would be fun to use, right? That if you send it from our carrier to our carrier, it'll work fine. And if you don't, you're on your own. Um, so it was a lot of people try and look into a lot of the early emojis to go, oh, what is the meaning behind this? And sp- speaking to some of the people that were around in those days, some of them didn't have much meaning. Some of them, they just thought, like the pile of poo, they went, oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. To, that'd be fun to put in there. There wasn't this big bureaucracy or anything. There was just a guy on a team who said, "Yeah, I'm going to throw that in there." So it was pretty ad hoc in the early days. Now, I mean, emoji is—it's basically its own language. I mean, you have a whole website dedicated to documenting this language and all of its incantations. How did it make the jump from that sort of ad hoc system on a couple of telecom carriers in Japan to what is now worldwide? We can thank Google, actually, for a lot of this. Even though we sort of tend to look at Apple because the iPhone was one of the first phones outside of Japan to support emoji, it was actually Google that got there first and said, we are keen to launch Gmail in Japan. And they teamed up with one of the carriers in Japan and they, the carrier obviously said, hey, well, you've got to support emoji. Like, we're not going to put this on our phones if you don't support emoji. Mm. And Google went, oh, all right, that's fine. And then they looked into it and they went, oh, this is a mess. Like, if you send this emoji, it's going to go to a different carrier. It's going to look different. We can't do this. How about we for you? How about we just put someone on the team and we try and make a unified system for emoji? And turns out there's already a system for that called Unicode. And that's where all the text characters in the world live. 
and they said we're just going to put emoji in Unicode. It will be easy. And well, it wasn't because they had to they had to unjumble all the, this mess of which emoji matches which one. So they'd kind of look at a frowny face on this carrier and go, "Is that the equivalent of the big frown or the little frown on a different carrier?" <laughs> and nonetheless, Google eventually then they teamed up with Apple. They put it in the Unicode standard so we could use it on any phone in the world. And that's sort of where it, it got its leap. It's got a, a head start then that technically we could have it outside of Japan and it wasn't going to break. I want to talk a little bit more about Unicode and how emoji actually work because we're not actually sending little images around. But first, I want to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Ungenius is brought to you by Simple Contacts. It's pretty great when an app on your phone takes a tiresome task and makes it fuss-free. And Simple Contacts does this by being the easy way to renew your contact lens prescription. You can reorder your contacts from anywhere in just minutes. All you need to do is complete their online self-guided vision test. It takes less than five minutes, and you can do it wherever you are right now. No more doctor's offices, no more waiting rooms. You can order your favorite contacts right from their website or app. Simple Contacts offers all the lens brands you love with options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored lenses, and more. You'll be able to order exactly what you need from the palm of your hand whenever you want. The vision test is just $20, and for comparison, an appointment without insurance could cost you over $200. Simple Contacts, quite simply, saves you money and saves you time. We do need to let you know this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, but I've used Simple Contacts. I went through the vision test. I was able to order the contacts that I wanted. I have a very specific brand that I like. They offered them. I was able to order them from my phone. And I got to tell you, doing a vision test on your phone, it's, it was really one of those moments of like, this seems like the future. You go to a, um, an office and you got to wait, and then you're doing the test and there's questions and you just do it on your phone. It's very simple. Uh, I did it in the comfort of my own home and was ready to go. As a listener of this show, you can save $30 off your contact lenses. Just go to simplecontacts.com slash ungeniust, and you can enter the code ungeniust at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash ungeniust, or simply use the code ungeniust for $30 off. We thank Simple Contacts for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Jeremy, I think I have, um, I think I have a grasp on how this works. So if I want to send you... Uh, the uh, the orange heart emoji, which is one of my favorites. I find it on my iPhone keyboard, which is a topic for another day that they don't have a good search on their emoji keyboard. But I find it and I, I tap it and it goes to you over iMessage, but I'm not sending you a little JPEG. I'm not sending you a little image of an orange heart. I'm actually sending you a string of text, right? And your phone interprets it as, oh, Stephen sent me, the orange heart, and that's what displays on your end. Is that is that accurate? Do I, do I have an understanding of that? You've nailed it. That's exactly right, that it's sending a little code or what Unicode would call a code point, which is normally about five characters or so. And it says, yeah, when you send this code, my phone looks it up and it says, oh, do I have this code? And if so, show the emoji. So what happens is then that if my phone has a different emoji font, that heart might look a little bit different. And that's how they end up looking different on different phones. Okay, so I guess I guess that makes sense in a way because it's it's far less data, right, than sending a bunch of images around. I'm just sending a little string of text, and it kind of is up to the phone to do to do the hard work. 
And the bonus is that then it works anywhere text works, that you can put it in an email subject or in a tweet. And I think that's part of why it's so popular is that Twitter in particular, we all use that a lot. And if you could only attach one image to, if you could only attach a tweet with an orange heart at the bottom, that would be, it wouldn't be any good, right? That That's not what you want to do. You want to set it in line with what you're sending. And yes, all kinds of apps have stickers and these sort of different approaches to sending images, but the fact that you can put emoji anywhere text works, I think that's what people, that's what they like. It's familiar and doesn't matter which app you're in then. So our friend Mark did a great series on his podcast uh, show. is called Welcome to Macintosh. There'll be a link in the show notes to the series. Uh, Mark worked with you and others to have an emoji added to the official Unicode set. And it's, a, it's an incredibly interesting story. Um, but what role do you play in that process? How, how does, and how does an emoji go from a, an idea someone has to being on everyone's iPhone? So if someone wants to have an emoji that doesn't exist, uh, Unicode, which is what we talked about before, that's the body that uh, approves the standard that says, yes, you can have an orange heart, but no, you can't have a white heart. Uh, you could, anyone could submit a proposal to them, but they have to look through a bunch of guidelines. You want to make sure that it's going to look distinct and that the emoji that you ask for, that even it, that it's not going to be too narrow, right? That you're not saying, oh, I just want a, a very slight variation. I want a, a different colored cushion <laughs> to, on the couch instead. You know, you, you want to make sure that it's going to add something to the standard. And if you do, you submit this paperwork, it goes to Unicode, and I'm on the emoji subcommittee, which, as the name suggests, is the committee that looks through all these proposals that come in. And it's, it's mostly a, a bit of ticking the boxes. You kind of look at it and you go, does it fulfill the criteria that we've set out? And if so, then you want to make sure that there's support from vendors, which, and thankfully the vendors are part of this process. There's people from Apple and Google and Microsoft, because if, they're, if they don't want to support it, then what's the point of Unicode adding it to the standard? <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I'm, there, I'm there mostly to yeah, help massage some of the information that comes through, sometimes suggest things from Emojipedia users, but also just a sort of a paper pusher, making sure that these proposals that come in, that they actually get somewhere helpful. And if we need to give feedback in particular, that maybe I can respond to some of those. I find it, I find it so fascinating that... that- the process is what it is, but I think it makes a ton of sense that, you know, if I want to, to have an emoji added, I can work with one organization and that's sort of the, the hub for all these manufacturers to come and agree on something. Whereas if I had to go to Apple and then I had to go to Microsoft and I had to go to Google, then I had to go to LG and then Samsung, then it would be completely fractured, a complete mess like it was in Japan in the nineties. Right. But because of this centralized system, then um, I know with some relative certainty, if I send somebody something, that they're going to get it on the other end. Yeah, and that and that's the point, right? We're, some people get them, themselves tied up in a knot a little. They sort of might go, well, why is it Unicode that decides this? But the reality is, if they didn't, then how would it even work in your text? That's That's who controls the text standard. And as you say, it's one place. And if Unicode agrees, there's a pretty good consensus then that the other vendors are already on board. So... It means we're likely to get it to work within a year or so when everyone does their update. So it it's not perfect, but it's it's the best thing we've got. So today, emoji are everywhere, right? My kids know what they are. Uh, I have TweetBot open right now on the side of my iMac, and I can probably see a dozen tweets, and I think four of them have emoji in them. Um, they're just they're just everywhere. Do you think that that will continue in the future? That we are moving 
into a world where this is just extremely commonplace or is this something that you think may wane over time? Like what, when you look out, you know, five, 10, 15 years, where, what does the emoji landscape look like? You know, I, I don't really know. Uh, what, what I've found interesting is that the old black and white Unicode characters, they sort of, they stood the test of time. A lot of these have been around. There's sort of the snowman with a little hat on there and there's a snowflake and these black and white glyphs that we've had for sort of 15 years. And they still kept, we kept using those until we got emoji. So I, I suspect they'll be with us for quite a long time. And even though some people have talked about whether or not they should be completely customizable, that there should be some way to sort of embed an image within the text. And I've not seen a a way that that would work well, let's say. Uh, but yeah, so I, I honestly think we'll be using them for quite a while and maybe they could animate or maybe we could get a better search feature. Uh, but the actual premise of livening up your messages and putting a bit of context in there, I don't see why we suddenly wouldn't want that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree. Uh, if you want to learn more about Emoji, there are a bunch of links in the show notes. This week, you can find them at relay.fm slash ungeniust slash 43. You can get in touch with us there as well. There's an email link. And of course, you can find us uh, on Twitter. The show is at ungeniust, and I'm there as ISMH. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Burge, or you can just head to Emojipedia uh, to, to see all the emojis. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for joining me this week. Oh, no worries. Uh, thank you for having me and, and emoji on. You bet. Um, and until next time, adios.